Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I mean, this is a sport that's on the precipice of irrelevance. The games are taking over three and a half hours. Playoff games are taking over four hours. Game's too long, too slow. Who cares? This is a situation where baseball's in trouble to begin with. The MLB is officially dead. Baseball's dead. Rest in pieces. And I just... I just I gotta start right here. Cause I am absolutely rip shit that Shohei Otani didn't win the fucking MVP award. <laughs> Not happy about it. I mean, I've been I've been saying all fucking year about how Shohei Otani is the best player in baseball. He's the most valuable player in baseball. The guy pitches, he hits. We just brother, what we just saw. Historically, the greatest season ever played by a singular player. Guy got Cy Young votes, MVP votes. We're talking about the greatest baseball player perhaps to ever play our great game. And he gets beat out by a guy who just hit a bunch of home runs. It's sickening to me as a baseball fan. And I know that people are sick of hearing me say it because I've been saying it all fucking year long. But the fact that Shohei Otani is not the MVP of the American League here today is it makes me disheartened. It makes me sad. And it makes me it makes me afraid for the future of our great game. That is that is Major League Baseball. Um, <clears throat> I just had to I just had to say that to start the show. Well, I'm glad you got it off your chest. I'm Thank glad you. you got it off your chest. I'm pissed. It's something that a lot of I'm pissed. I'm angry. I'm sad. I've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. Uh, was it going to go any other way? No. Preach, brother. Was it going to go any other? Look, we don't. We don't need to let them know. We don't need to jump into the numbers and all. That's been taken care of. We've talked about that ad nauseum, right? Uh, what I instantly well, let, let's start here. First of all. A very sincere uh, congratulations to Aaron Judge, and and I'll say this: I guess. this was a reluctant <laughs> one for me. Uh, this was this was legitimately like one of the uh, because my appreciation for Shohei Otani widely known. We also know you guys also know how much I love to support folks from my area and the idea of community. You guys, you guys understand what that means to me, so. I've got Shohei Otani, the unicorn of our game, doing unicorn things. Mm-hmm. And then I got a guy in Aaron Judge who's from 
seven miles down the road from where and doing what he's doing on the team he's doing it on so it's not like he's kicking ass on the diamondbacks this dude is on the most storied baseball franchise in the history of game possibly one of the most storied franchises franchises in the history of north american sports world and i would argue with the mvp though sure so i i I was instantly stuck in a spot where i'm I'm going to have to be taking away from one of these individuals at any point in time I'm involved in this conversation. And that was what was really brutal for me during this entire season was watching what Aaron Judge was doing and being in awe of it and also understanding what kind of work, what kind of difficulty that Shohei Otani was up against doing what he was doing each and every day. And it sucks that it became a conversation where you had to start chipping away at what two historical seasons were unfolding. That that is what sucked about this year and this race. American League history. Yeah, specifically. You're right. American League history, right? The seventh most home runs or whatever it is hit in a single season. So most home runs of all time. No, it's not. But there's no taking away from what Aaron Judge did as a hitter on the field. Just no taking. They they have an award for that. They have an award for that. Yeah. They do. They do, Jared. It's called the Hank Aaron Award. He won it. For the best best hitter. For the best hitter. Mm -hmm. They do. Um, And he did it. So, because the MVP is what it is. It's a, it's a done deal. There's no taking it back, switching. Where my focus instantly went was now we're looking at the voting. Now we're looking at the voting. 30 ballots. Right. And I want to remind mm-hmm. you that last year, Shohei Otani, the writers told you and unanimous everybody else baby. via their voting. Best player. Unanimous. Nobody better. It's not even a conversation. No one even questioned it. They essentially nope. looked at Vlad's season and went, oh, that's, that's so cute. That's nice. That's so cute, mm-hmm. Vlad. You keep doing that, buddy. And maybe next year, somebody will think it's MVP worthy, but it's not. And no. that was what not the writers told you. plan. That was what the writers told you this year in a season mm-hmm. where Shohei Otani was better than he was mm-hmm. last year. Right. All but two. All but two writers. Told us where are they from, voting. Dallas? Oh, where the are they from? Voted for him. They they mm-hmm. watched him almost daily. They were from L.A. every day. Yeah. Yep. They fucking so, cover them angels, boy. Um, is that confirmed? Yes, that's yep. confirmed. Maybe one of them covered the Dodgers. Yeah, it's not that they no. both covered the angels. They both write for L.A. outlets. L.A. newspapers. Or they both cover yeah. the game in Los Angeles for the Athletic, and um, so. That was where I was like, really, really like the same group of people last year got together and looked at what Otania did and said, it's not even close. Nobody is sniffing it. And now this season, they told you that what Aaron Judge just did doesn't it just completely dwarfs everything that Shohei Otani did on the field. And remember, Otani had a better overall season a more productive mm-hmm. season this year in totality than he did mm-hmm. last year and he got two 
first place votes. It's crazy. What do you what do you make of that? The writers are fucking idiots. Obviously, there goes the you know the East Coast bias again. You know, yeah, you got a guy like Aaron Judge. If he if he plays the Minnesota Twins, does he win the MVP? I don't fucking think so. <clears throat> if Aaron Judge plays for the Mil- the <laughs> if Aaron Judge plays for the Milwaukee Brewers, does he win the American League MVP? Not a fucking shot. So I think uh, it's it's classic it's classic uh, you know fall in love with the fucking Yankees again all those years that Joe DiMaggio won the American League MVP instead of Ted Williams when Ted Williams was having better seasons these writers just love sucking Yankee cock don't they Dallas they don't they don't respect the baseball on the West Coast they don't oh, respect these, the don't go ahead these are all your words add to, add to it, say, these are all your words these are all your words I appreciate mm-hmm. what you're doing right now it's cute. But <laughs> what do you mean? I'm fucking this. This is all from the heart, brother. Yeah, no, I believe it. Um, I I would then go. Is that to, not wrong? Is that is that not wrong? If Aaron Judge, if Aaron Judge played for the Baltimore Orioles and had the same exact season, who wins the MVP? Shohei Otani. Oh, I don't know. I mean, this is where the twenty-eight to two really, really catches your attention here. He probably and, didn't get twenty-eight votes. Well, well, you have to think about it this way, too. We're, clearly, what the writers told you, what the voters told you, was how much stock they put in to Aaron Judge's individual performance and the impact they feel it had on where the Yankees eventually ended up in the postseason. But I want to go back and remind people that, or I would then ask, I want to remind you about the incredible run the Yankees went on. And then I want to ask you a question. Nobody attributed that run that the Yankees were on, because remember, we were talking about this team going to win 100 plus whatever ballgames, right? Record setting number of 120 they were on pace. They're on pace, they're on to, pace to win a buck 20. And Aaron Judge was very much a part of that. But we've actually taken a look at the numbers and realized that some of the Yankees more successful runs we're actually a time where Aaron Judge was having the least amount of success at times. So you can do with that information what you will. But would would you credit Aaron Judge and solely Aaron Judge for that run that the Yankees went on? Because it would require pitching performances, bullpen performances, and guys around him to win that many games consistently to where you're now starting to talk about setting a record for most wins. All right. That is definitely mm-hmm. team oriented. But if you tell him, want tell, to him give, tell him what Aaron Judge doesn't do, Dallas. Tell him what he doesn't do. Oh, well, we know what he doesn't do. But if you're wanting to give Aaron Judge charity, all of he that doesn't do a charity at, at that point in time. Probably not. I, I, I don't I don't understand. I guess I don't understand. But that's what I took it away, is. was the writers absolutely said, you know, and, and here's the shitty part that, you, that I wasn't going to get into on Twitter, but I have for so long, get into it. for so long, I've said, why can't we wait for the voting to occur until after the playoffs for this very reason? Because if that were the case and the Yankees get to the postseason and Aaron Judge does Aaron Judge shit in the postseason, which he's done all season long? Then it's not even a question for me. It's not even a question because everything that the writers told you 
happened in the regular season. Now we're watching it unfold in the postseason. Fucking book it. AJ, MVP, done deal. But that's not the case. It's about regular season performances and the tired, tired conversation about team success is that's that's the beautiful part about the V in MVP, which is what we've always talked about. Always. How do you value it? And it's a beautiful, romantic baseball conversation because people are saying, dude, the Yankees wouldn't have been where they were if it wasn't for Aaron Judge. Well, that's why I just asked the question I asked is, remember, this team was supposed to win 120 games. Is that all because of Aaron Judge? Or do you think that the other guys on that baseball team had any sort of impact on that? If Not you really. Do, I mean, if we're being honest, the rest of the team kind of sucked. <laughs> so if you think that Aaron Judge had that big of an impact on the team, then it's never, ever going to be a conversation you can have with those folks, with those Yankee fans. I think the best player I mean, wins I, MVP. I don't think, I think the value word is bullshit. Because well, it's arbitrary that, and you can put different, whatever values kind of vague subjective what value is the only i mean i guess war is the most they they designed it to be that way though right they absolutely how do you look at aaron judge's numbers and tell me that that's not a fucking mvp like you you can't you cannot and that's why the writers have been hit with something that they've never ever thought was going to be something that they were going to have to deal with they have to now address the fact that they've got somebody who's doing something that like all the talk about the records. Are we forgetting that what Otani is doing and has done has never been done before? You have to have established a record for a record to be broken, which is what Judge did. What Shohei Otani has done since he stepped foot on American soil is he has set the records. He has set the bar for people like him. And what frustrates writers is they know, just like we all know, there's not going to be another one of these dudes coming along. And so you're and writers are going, so what are we supposed to do? If he has this kind of season every year, is he the MVP every year? Let's take yourself back to a place where you were 10 years old. If you saw this kind of performance each and every year, is 10-year-old you going to filter that out after the first time you see it and go, yeah, but give me the really outstanding offensive producer. Like, never mind the guy who does both. I don't, I don't think that would be the case. I think a lot of folks would evaluate it and go, we've never seen anybody do both of these at the same time. This is kind of crazy. Like, can we all agree that this is uncharted territory? And, and then you kind of go from mm. there. But what Aaron Judge did, like, you don't lead every magical statistical category offensively and, and not be considered an MVP caliber season. You don't break a fucking home run record like that and think that there's no room for an MVP conversation. No. And that's what was so fun about watching this season unfold is it, it was almost like Otani was working f- from behind the eight ball because of what he did last year. People were like, well, that's never going to happen again. And he quietly bested that performance and left the writers to have to make a decision. We're either gonna we're either gonna vote romantically here or Which they did. Sure. But but the statistical the statistical evidence 
supports voting romantically as well. Does it not? Sure. There's just a whole other set of stats for another guy that you don't have available for the guy who won the MVP. And it's because he just doesn't do that. Well, let me let me ask you this. <clears throat> Maybe your answer is different than other, I guess, baseball fans answers. What year did wins above replacement come onto your radar? Like what year did you really start looking at that, understanding it and being like, this is something that I'm going to implement into my baseball arguments uh, within, the, within the last 10 years, 10 years. I'll tell you this. I was, uh, I was at MLB network the very first day that Brian Kinney started working at MLB network. And mm-hmm. I then we, we went on, did a show and I've talked about this. Uh, the tigers were, were in the, uh, DS or CS, I believe Delman young was in the starting lineup and he was sandwiched between like Miggy and Victor or somebody like that. And the question was asked, like, is this the, like, why is he hitting in this spot? Blah, 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 blah. And then the conversation went to, well, who else would you put in this spot? And I said, why not Delman Young? If you've got somebody that can capitalize on getting a pitch sandwiched between these two guys based on what this lineup looks like, I think Delman Young's probably that dude. Delman Young then went on to hit a homer in that game. And I I was being hit with like, well, you know, there's other guys on the team that could have been an option. Maybe you're not getting the homer, but maybe you're getting, and then like the replacement player conversation started to take place. It didn't come onto my radar for probably a, a while after that. So what year? <laughs> I don't know. 16, 15, 14. Sorry. Within the last 10 years, <clears throat> my point is. Head. Uh, my point is. That we just like this statistic. You hear me now? Yeah, okay. This statistic that a lot of folks in the baseball community use as the end all be all, uh, we're just you know, we're 10 years less into using it as a, as a, as a sort of a, a, a stamp on arguments like, fuck you, I, there's this. And it's not the end all be all. And when you're evaluating baseball players, people like to use it for uh, Hall of Fame cases. And then we hear a lot about it during MVP season. But what I'm saying is because it's so new. I feel like there's not even a statistic that has been developed that can properly put Shohei Otani in context with the rest of the league. That so is a, while we want to be fact. like, well, wins above replacement this, wins above replacement that, uh, uh, win probability added, all this other shit. I'm not saying that it's nonsense. I'm not saying that you shouldn't look at it. I'm not saying you shouldn't use it. What I am saying is I don't think that we have developed a statistic that properly gauges the impact that Shohei Otani has versus what everyone like in, in context with the rest of the league. So when we look at wins above replacement, it's not necessarily telling you on a statistical numerical basis, how to properly 
put Shohei in comparison to the rest of the league. I think like that's where we're at in the statistical vortex right and now. You wa- and, and, and you want to know why. You know why. I know why. We all know why. Everybody listening to this knows why. Because you typically need a baseline, right? You need a control group. You need a body of work. You need data to be able to derive from. Shohei Otani has thrown your calculator out the window. He has ripped every algorithm you have up and shredded it. You can't. During the conversation of war, you are being asked as a fan to make certain concessions in certain places just because they don't have the exact formula figured out. That that right there is already a major red flag. Like, hey, look, we want you to trust these numbers, but as we're telling you to trust these numbers, we're also telling you that these numbers eh, aren't telling you the whole story. So hold on, what? So So you want me to buy completely into this while you're telling me I probably shouldn't buy completely into this. And that's the statistic that is being used and bantered about to to prove value for players. And it's just not right. It's just not right. And especially when it comes to Otani, what happens is it becomes a lazy exercise, a very lazy exercise. And I don't say this, I I, I don't say this to demean anybody who's never played the game. Not at all. But when you play the game at this level and you understand the physical preparation and the mental preparation that goes into doing what these individuals do daily, now you start to have a feel for the demand and what it actually takes to perform. And that's where baseball players at the big league level look at Shohei Otani and go, I have no I fucking idea how this dude does it. No idea. Like, I know what it takes to have to get my body ready to play 150 games at shortstop. I know what it takes to have to get my body ready to make 30-plus starts in a season. There's nobody on planet Earth. There's nobody in the universe that we all know and love to exist that can have that conversation with Shohei Otani. There's nobody. (laughs) That's not an exaggeration either like that's the fucking fact and so we're just going to take that guy and lump him in with the rest of everybody else that's getting evaluated with a flawed statistic and we're asking people who've never had to have the responsibility at that level to understand what that responsibility at that level would be like so i'm I'm not faulting fans for maybe not being able to wrap their head around that stuff to an extent and just kind of falling short with a lazy argument. I get it. You've never been put in that spot. Mm-hmm. But could you imagine if you didn't have daycare to take your kids to and you still had to show up and and work? What if you got compensated based on your ability to take care of your kids and work at the same time? The person who's able to take care of their children and not have to take them to a daycare and complete their daily tasks that person might be more valuable than the person who has to take their kids to daycare and put that responsibility on someone. And now they can do their work. You know, like it's, it's a, it's a, it's a brutal analogy, but it's just, you, you get what I'm saying. I see what you mean. If you can do more, you're probably going to be looked at as slightly more valuable, 
But if we're just going to be measuring that with a broken algorithm, then I don't know that I'm okay with you evaluating this individual with your broken algorithm. Yeah, war war is kind of like crypto, where like people don't know how it works, but like smart fuckers like say like, "Oh, this shit's the fucking this is the thing." So everyone else is like, "Yeah, war," you know, and then they start buying war and the crypto, and then we don't fucking even know what goes on, but everyone's into it. <laughs> then you get FTX. No, I love yeah, that. Exactly. You get it. We're war is FTX. like crypto. Shohei Otani got FTXed. Literally was sponsored by FTX, but this MVP race was a crypto race and they bought the Aaron judge coin. What are you going to do? But that's the thing about war. No one knows how war works. It's the most complicated shit ever. And then people online act like it's, it's not easy. Ah, because you're an idiot. Cause you don't know how it works. Nobody fucking knows how that shit works. It's complicated. And everyone pretends like they do. Well, right. Even and, us, and everybody, and even me. And, and we've understood, we, we talk about how there's a penalty for DH and people's argument uh, is, well, if he's DHing five out of the six days and he's pitching the other day, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's absolutely a DH. But do you, do you get the idea that it's the same person, right? It's the same person who's doing both of these things. Yeah. So he's not a DH. Like, this is how I used to explain it to the guys on my team, like in, in college in juco and then when i was at texas tech because they're talking shit to me as a pitcher who's hitting right in the lineup and i explained it to him this way look 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 you guys got scholarship money to come here and play the outfield and play the infield and then hit the baseball right like that's your job that's what you're here to do i got brought in here to shove it up somebody's ass on the mound all right that's what my scholarship money is for the difference between you and me is I'm so good at what you got scholarship money to do. They let me do that instead of other guys who also got scholarship money to do that. Do you see the difference? I do what you do on my day off. <laughs> so on Friday, night, Tech. on Friday night, I pitched for myself and then I hit for myself. And then on Saturday, when your scholarship money was supposed to have you in the lineup, it didn't. I was because I did what you did just better. Damn, dude, that's kind of fucked up as a teammate to say to someone. Absolutely, it is. But you want to, yeah. When you're when you're the fucking hired gun and the JUCO bandit rolling into town, taking somebody's Friday night job away, and they got some shit to say about it, you got some shit to fire back too. You got. That's what Otani is. That's where. That's who Otani is. That's what Otani does. His teammates. I don't think so, Dallas. I don't think he he would ever treat his teammates that way. Well, let's let's be real. Like we know we're talking shit, we're having fun, but that's that's the whole premise i just i wasn't going to say any of this have any of this kind of discourse on twitter on the day that aaron judge should be celebrated and should be feeling all sorts of fucking warm and fuzzies that's an incredible incredible moment and so that's why i said what i said i did i genuinely wanted to congratulate him publicly um and for the folks who listen to this podcast that's also what that was for is like i'm not going to spend the time where people are going to be celebrating this dude again, having to feel like you're tearing him down or taking away to try to defend another position. That's a shitty spot to be in. Yeah. You can't, I mean, Aaron judge did what he needed to do to win MVP, whether or not he deserves it. That's a debate, but he definitely deserves it in the sense of what he did. Other people, other awards that have been won over the past week, maybe not. 
maybe we could talk about NL Manager of the Year. Because that's just I mean, pissing <clears throat> me off. It, 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 the fact that it wasn't Rob Thompson. Wasn't even a finalist. Not even a finalist. Come on. Is there like a rule that won't let him do it because he was only there half a season? Because it makes no sense. Like, where's the, where's the, where are the writers with your romance there? Huh? That's ridiculous. This fucking guy gets pulled out of, I don't want to say out of thin air, but he gets pulled into a spot where it's going to be on him now to try to pick these pieces up, put them back together, really just kind of put them in a pile where maybe they can put themselves back together and, and not completely fucking ruin the puzzle. Like, just do that. He did that and more. Put these guys in positions continually to try to dig themselves out of the hole. You're not even a part of the conversation? No. Next year, maybe it's one of those things where it's like, they'll, they'll give it to him next year. Because that same I, thing, I don't remember who won it last year. But like, I know Brian Snicker else? was a finalist this year. When it, he yeah, definitely deserved it more last, last year. year. I don't think didn't he won Snit? it last year. No, I, Are you sure? I, I thought Snit won it last year. Wasn't it? Um, uh, well, if I forget his name, the manager of the Cardinals. The other Schnitt, not Schnitt. What's his name? Oh, Schilt. Yeah, Schilt. And he got Schilt. fired. Oh, so, was it, so was it Snit, then Schilt? I don't think Schnitt ever won it. Are you sure? I'm not sure. I thought Snit won it. <clears throat> Anyway, uh, I want I wanted to give Joe his time to to go on his manager of the year rant, but I feel like we can't just have a an outraged Shohei Otani conversation, not actually talk about the season that Aaron Judge had. <laughs> well, no, that's what we feel been, like. We can't be like, doing. all right, let's start it with the AL MVP. Fuck the guy who won it. Here's the guy that should have won it. Well, no, that's You're why saying I've been saying it. what. That, yeah, that, yeah, you were saying you all of that. That's how I feel. That's how I feel. That, hold on. I, hold, I, hold, pump the fucking <laughs> brakes, pal. Pump your what? fucking brakes. Jared, I, dude, I've been saying it all fucking Jared, year. I don't think whoever fucking... I, I don't think Giancarlo Stanton had even finished congratulating Aaron Judge before your drafted up tweet about how fuck... How do you not fucking... You should have seen it coming. He was absolutely the... Like... The, the whole fucking judge ladder job. That's not job. my tweet. What's that? That's not what. I, that's not my tweet. Yeah, that's not what I tweeted. Well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, Jerry. But yes, that was as. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe get the fucking tweet right. No. It wasn't. I didn't say anything like that. I barely even congratulated. No, you did. You did. No, I didn't. Dude. Just fucking like 13 nanoseconds after Giancarlo Stan finished. It was just. That's not true. Double fist in AJ's gavel, right in your mouth. <laughs> You went to fit your narrative. I bet you wish that that's how it went down, but that's just not how it went down. Um, my first tweet was like, holy fuck. How the fuck didn't Joe win? And then after it was like a reluctant, like, I guess congrats to Aaron Judge on an okay season, like seventh best. It is what it is, dude. Like no. when you, when you're watching show, Hey, you're no, you know, you're watching something that's never happened before. When I watched Aaron Judge, I was like, yeah, I've seen this seven other fucking times. No, you, you, you very, very publicly, you've been an Aaron Judge stand for this. Very publicly here on this podcast. I don't know who you're thinking of, bro, but it's not me. Yeah. Um, but I guess we do have to give some love to Aaron Judge. I mean, the guy won the, the MVP award. We, made, we as a podcast may not stand by that or agree with that or think that that's the right decision. I do not. Um, you do. Why do you get to put words in my mouth? Because I don't think... Th- <laughs> 
Because those words came out of your mouth. I'm just putting it back when? in. Not today. Oh, okay. Not today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't say anything like that today. Today. I think that Shohei got robbed. I had some time to self. People can change Dallas. Like, you know, you could do some self-reflection. Next thing you know, you're you're singing a completely different tune. I don't think it's switching up or flip-flopping or anything like that. It's called growth. Okay, so cool. We you like Shohei so much. My... Where was he born? Mm. Who? Shohei. Mm. Japan. Um, fucking so we got, <laughs> got it. it. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. There was a... Uh, <laughs> there is a uh, quote from Aaron Judge that I found really interesting in the context of free agency and things of that yeah. nature. His future with the New York Yankees. Quote: well, I thought, This is from uh, I, Br- Hold on. What? Well, I just I thought you were blowing past you. You've you've blown right past us. No, giving yeah. him no, the love I for said, the season I, and have no, moved right into no, his current state of employment. No, I don't know. If no, that's no. The, I uh, said I, no. Oh. No, I said I said we didn't even talk about Judge. I didn't say let's blow Judge. I said we talked about Shohei. Let's talk about the guy that actually won the award, Aaron Judge. Let's talk about it. Uh, this is after he won the MVP award. And uh, this is a direct quote. Quote, I'm going there's to the Red teams Sox. That we, basically, <laughs> there's teams that we've talked to. For me, if we're going to build a winning team, if I can get my contract out of the way so they can move on and add some more pieces to build teams up, I think that's always an advantage for wherever I go. Now, let me ask you this, Dallas. Does that sound like someone who's like, yeah, I want to come back to the Yankees? It sounds like somebody who has been fully aware of the word game and the leverage game. He's been made fully aware of how to behave. Fully. And he's doing it. He's doing everything he should be doing. He gestured and said what he's, he gestured and mouthed what he mouthed uh, in the dugout. Cameras caught that. Feed the animals. Feed the animals. Stoke the fire. Feed the animals. He did that. Check that box. Yeah. Kissing, kissing the Yankee logo on his jersey <laughs> was the most PR conscious oh, move of dude, all time. Like, it's, it's, there must be a camera in the dugout. That has the red light on it. Like you waited for the red light to come. On. Oh, red, red, action. Okay. Yep. As soon as that. Well, it Love is. Love this fucking team. You've all seen. Love the, this team. We Love all these see fans. The dugout cameras. They swing and they point at you. And you know, there's a little clear <laughs> strip on top. And as soon as that light goes red, it's go time. So, yeah, it's, it's all strategic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. You mean like. Do you mean to tell me that a man in his walk year who had the season he just had, hasn't been made conscious or aware of how to utilize his leverage? No, 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 no. He will be the judge and the jury when it comes to this. I fucking love that pun, dude. That was sick. <laughs> fucking. So that's what, you're, that's what you're getting from Aaron Judge is everything you should be getting from a guy in his spot. Leverage plays, silence when you want to hear words. Words when you just want to hear something and it's words that actually just keep stringing you along. Yeah, he's he's nailing it every step of the way. He's got the Giants telling you that he is a number one prized pig. There's nothing that will keep us out of the bidding war for Aaron Judge. And the Yankees are are basically like Hal Steinbrenner. There's an update now. Hal Steinbrenner's telling us that like I've had conversations, multiple conversations, like, and you know, we don't, we don't have conversations and things don't work out. Like that's just not, 
like, ah, uh, that gives me a very dirty feeling. Like, I, I just I wonder what his dad would be saying. Um, That's a whole nother conversation. He would have figured this out already. There was an update one hour ago. This is from Brian. Is it Hawk or Houch or Hotch? H-O-U-C-H. I'm going to say I'm going to say Hawk. I'm going to say Hawk. H-O-H-O-C-H. Hawk. Hawk. Hotch. Hawk. Hawk. I'm just going to call him Hawk. This is from Hawk. (laughs) From last night. Brian Cashman said the Yankees have made an updated offer to Aaron Judge, who turned down a $213.5 million extension before opening day. Quote, it's in real time, so we're on the clock, Cashman said. We're certainly not going to mess around. Yankees aren't messing around. That's good news. They're not. That's great news. Well, yeah. Hey, they weren't messing That's around with Cole, right? And they got their man. Yeah, well, when you're going up against the Angels, it's a little bit different. I feel like the suitors for Judge got deeper pockets than the fucking Angels do. Well, the Yankees outbid the Angels. I mean, we we knew the exact numbers, but by a lot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they outbid them by a lot. Uh, I, I feel like uh, the Yankees are going to be going up against teams like the Dodgers, the Giants. Uh, apparently, the Mets they have a handshake agreement to play nice with the Yankees on Aaron Judge. And there's an investigation going into that, whether or not that's illegal. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's brutal. there are some teams with much deeper pockets than than the Angels. That is illegal. And it, it happened. We're going to find out. We are going I already to find found out. out. I already found out. What do you expect from a guy named Steve Cohen, who has been freaking arrested uh, I, I, for cheating? I, I didn't want to jump right in the middle. Inside trader. I didn't want to jump right in the middle uh, while we were talking about it, but there has been a bit of breaking news. Oh goddamn! I don't have my soundboard here in Austin, Texas. You can pretend though. Okay. What's the breaking news? <laughs> uh. A's executive vice president of baseball operations, one Billy Bean, will now mm-hmm. assume a new role as senior advisor to the managing partner, working closely with John Fisher on strategic decisions. Quote, in this new role, Bean will support the work of baseball operations now headed by GM David Forst. He will also provide Fisher with guidance on broader organizational matters. Bean's new role with the A's affords him the opportunity to explore non-baseball sports endeavors. So, what was da- what was David's last name? Forced. F O R S T. Oh, almost as much as that segment was to be breaking news. I mean, who gives a fuck? I oh, well, I, who I do. gives a fuck, dude? Yeah, let's talk about Steve I mean, Cohen cheating and being a criminal. Yeah, dude. Why would this, the um, hell is that? First, but first, but first. Blue moon, baby. Oh. Woo! Nothing what? but blue moons down here in Dallas, Texas. What a, what, a, uh, what a season for the moon. Great moon season. It's holiday season is moon season. Uh, on Sunday, I get on a plane to Denver, Colorado to check out the... Uh, the uh, uh, Blue Moon Brewery in Denver there. Very excited for that. Going to be there Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I think, something like that. Uh, but baseball season's over. 
but you can still feel that ballpark nostalgia with Blue Moon. In fact, Blue Moon was born in a ballpark at the Sandlot Brewery in Denver, Colorado. Blue Moon's one-of-a-kind experience isn't just for baseball season. It's also perfect for the holiday season. It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, iconic orange slice ritual, and authentic ballpark roots will make your holidays unique and flavorful. Dallas, what is a... What's your favorite holiday moment that you've ever had while also sharing a blue moon with with friends and family? Uh, it was probably the night that uh, my brothers and I, when we all get together, uh, we Christmas carol and we do so Ooh. wearing nothing but a Santa hat and okay. small, small, very small Santa shorts. And why did I not know that you do this? There may or may not have been. <laughs> He's making there this shit may up. not have been a moment where at, <laughs> He's making this shit up. at the end. Uh, and we only sing one song. <laughs> and at the end of this song um, there, let's just say there's a presentation of many moons. Um, but on, on this evening and you know what they say, Jared. Never trust a fart. Just never trust it. Oh, so can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's just say one of those moons started to liquidate a bit and uh it was at the most oh. inopportune time. Not because of the blue moons. Not so blue moons led to the reaction, which was everybody having a great time, everybody laughing, a little bit of pointing, a whole lot of pointing, then a whole lot of laughing, <laughs> and then just more moons. That's what I'm saying. If you shit your pants, but you have blue moons, you don't even give a fuck. You know? No one cares. Who cares? Yeah. No one cares. You just do this. <laughs> Moon me, Jake. That felt fucking great. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a holiday memory I didn't expect to hear about today. <laughs> I'll send you a picture later. Yeah, no thanks. From its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian uh, style wheat ale is one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all season long. Enter for a chance to win an exclusive Blue Moon paper shoot camera to immortalize those unforgettable holiday moments like the ones that Dallas just described to us here today. Make sure your holiday is brighter than ever with Blue Moon. Get Blue Moon beer delivered and enter to win an exclusive paper shoot camera at get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash rocket. Blue Moon Made brighter, celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ale, no purchase necessary. Open to legal residents of 50 USDC. 21 plus only. Begins 11-1-22 and ends 12-31-22. Includes four entry periods for rules. Visit bluemoonholiday.com. Void where prohibited. Message and data rates may apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, back to the awards. Talked about Aaron Judge, uh, Dallas. You know, we as a team 
we as a team may not have gotten to take a big ass victory lap for for Shohei. We, the the show took an L on that one. Yeah. Uh, but your guy in the National League, Love you. Paul Goldschmidt, has become the National League most valuable player for the St. Louis Cardinals. And we knew it. This is you're really fucking us with no soundboard. Just want to. Just want to throw that out there. Sorry. Uh, no, you're not. Sorry. You'll be better though. I'm on vacation. I don't care. No, Jared. I had a pa- I had a pack for like nine days. I didn't. Jared. I didn't have room for a soundboard. I barely had room for socks. It's called a holiday, not an off day. Got it. Mm-hmm. Remember that. Words mm-hmm. to live by. I'm not holidays, off. not off days. I'm not off. You, I'm, you, I'm not. I'm, I, you took no it days off. off. I'm still podding. You took it. Still off. Still I didn't take it off. I'm still doing them right here. I I told you what was coming. You know what though? This I and I haven't seen much talk about this. Can we all just take a trip down memory lane? What was that? 2017, I think, when Paul Goldschmidt was getting blown away by fastballs 95 or greater in the upper part of the strike zone, and Paul Goldschmidt was one step away from getting taken out back and tied up to the tree. Like people were like, he's done. We've never seen a guy go from great to nothing so quickly. People were almost ready to write Paul Goldschmidt off. And now we're talking about the MVP. Don't sleep on Paul Goldschmidt. That is what uh, Harrison Bader, I thought, had a cool tweet. He was like, I got to set a record somewhere for playing with the most MVPs in a season. Pretty sweet, right? You line up with Goldie. For the first half, and then you're rocking it with Judge for the second half. You have just been in a front row seat to quite possibly the greatest brand of baseball consistently all year long that any player has ever seen. Don't forget, being being in St. Louis for the first half means you also got to see Nolan Arenado, who probably should have actually won the MVP. Well, no, no one was there, Jared. You saw it. Your pick, your your MVP pick. He was there. He handed the award out. He actually gave Goldie mm-hmm. the award. I thought that was really nice. It was almost like they had us in mind. Yeah. They're like, you know, because he should have won it. The smarter guy, he's gonna. So we'll give it to him. But we'll have Jared, right? We'll have Jared's guy. <laughs> he, he'll, he'll give him the MVP. It's kind of like. Yeah, so I thought that was nice. I thought that yeah. was really cool. Um, yeah. No one had the better season, though. If we're being honest. That's what. That's what. Sh- I don't want to say shocked me, but I, I. I was. Yeah. Worried about all of those votes going Nolan's way, or some of those votes that would have made it clear cut Goldie. Yeah. Go and, and why it did, did you were worried about that because you knew that he had the better season. I knew that he could arguably have won the award with not much defense against it. Hmm. Who was Joey's pick for MVP? Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper. Oh, I mean, that's still a pretty good fucking yeah, pick, pretty, too. We did really solid. well. <laughs> pretty solid pick. Pretty solid yeah. pick. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we did. I feel like we did really well as a podcast on the MVP pick. Uh, who finished third? It's got to be Manny, right? Or Freddie? Manny. Yeah, Manny. Yeah, it was probably Manny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, yeah. And, and, and Manny, like, the romance that can be input into the voting for Manny. Goldie's numbers. Nolan's numbers, Manny putting a team on his back. Or that's how it's viewed, right? Tatis gone. Who's going to step up? Need Manny to do it. Manny did it. Manny's still doing it. Fuck, Manny's still doing it. 
Like that's that's how that went. Were the Padres were the Padres going to be anywhere near where they finished without that from Manny Machado? No. And so that's where you circle back to the judge conversation. And well, if you can say that about Manny, then can't you say that about Aaron Judge? Yes, yes, you can. But that's I just wanted to remind folks. The Yankees were a team that were supposed to win 120 games, and that doesn't happen because of just one player. You need multiple people to be kicking the shit out of the game of baseball at a specific time altogether for that to start happening. And it did. And then that group of people went into the witness protection program, and Aaron Judge was left standing to face the rest of the league by himself. And... He took every fucking arrow he could possibly take for his club. So I I get it. Hang with him, Manny. Shouldn't have won the MVP, though. No, probably should have won Shohei Otani. That's okay, though. He did win the MVP. Mm-hmm. And that's what matters to Aaron Judge. That's what's going to matter to free agency. That's what's going to matter to Aaron mm-hmm. Judge's wallet. Holla! Yeah. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid by, by a team that's not the Yankees, I bet. Um, that's not me wishing that either. No. I, I want Judgy back in the can, Bronx, can we dude. Just, real quick, let's entertain this. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine what we would be dealing with as an industry or as just fans if Nestor Cortez would have gotten 100 at-bats this year and hit 10 home runs? Pitching the way he pitched, and then Nestor Cortez getting 100 at-bats and hitting 10 homers. Could you imagine what Yankee fandom, what kind of pedestal they would create to put Nestor Cortez on? No. I don't know. I, I think Elon, I think Elon, would, would that would pull the plug right there. He'd be like, look, this place is... It's got some flaws, but I think for better or worse, you know, we can all come together here on Twitter. But I've been I've been watching what the Yankees fans are saying about Nestor Cortez after he just hit his tenth home. I I got a this is not a safe place anymore. People have lost their mind. And he pulled the plug. But just imagine the kind of conversations and the kind of shit you'd be hearing from Yankee fans if that were the case. This feels like a stretch, Dallas. Did you smoke I, today? Uh, I have not actually. <laughs> are you trying to say? Are you trying to say that if Nestor Cortez hit ten home runs, that they would have tried to say that he would have been going up against Shohei for MVP? Is that, yes. Is that the gist yes. of this? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yes. All right. I <laughs> yes. just want to make sure that that's where your brain was going because I yeah. don't. Okay. Yeah. It's, all right. You got it. I didn't have to all see. Right. All I did was say it. You understood it. Yeah, no, I, I I speak Dallas for sure. I just want to make sure that the people listening at home are like, wait, are we, is he saying what I think he's saying? I just yeah. want to make sure we got a confirmation yes. on that. Yes, yep. there's absolutely got it. Got Yankee it, got it, got fans it. out there who would be telling you that Nestor Cortez well, is the... more valuable than Shohei Otani if he were to have done mm-hmm. that. No one's ever accused the Yankee fan base of being the smartest fan base. Passion? Sure, they got plenty of that. Bunch of fucking assholes. They're really mean. Um, not the smartest bunch. Very much not. Not intelligence is, is hard to come by in, in, in the Bronx Zoo, bro. Wow. Wow. I don't know if you've been there. I've been there. <clears throat> Very dumb people. Very dumb. Well, they're dumb. They're dumb. Strong. But that doesn't mean that they're not passionate. It's like there's there's a place. There's a place for everyone, right? 
like it, you know in the, in the military operations like you've got engineers you have engineers in the military but then you also got the grunts like you need the grunts to do the grunt work like those are those are yankee fans it's like i'm down for the cause but like i'm i'm not exactly the brightest bulb like you're not going to be an engineer you're not going to be building fighter jets and shit <laughs> what <laughs> what it's same same team it's just different job <laughs> Uh, I, I appreciate the Yankee fans that do listen because it feels like those are some <laughs> a lot of, of them do. And that's fine. We love we love Yankee fans here. We love them. Yeah. I, I All I'm saying is the same fan who argues about the 27 championships is the same fan who's got Nestor popping 10 homers. Now a part of the MVP conversation. <laughs> Fuck, man. I, yeah, I, I'm one of those guys, too. I mean, that would be impressive. 10 home runs, 100 at bats. If you had 10 home runs and you don't in the American League with the D.H., I mean, that'd be great, right? That'd be that'd great. Be really good. It'd be fucking crazy. Just imagine an offensive season even better than that with a guy who's pitching as good as Nestor. Well, not as good, a lot better, but just imagine. Yeah, but Shohei doesn't change his looks. He doesn't hesitate. <laughs> he's he's one dimensional on the mound. Yeah, he's one dimensional on the mound. He doesn't change his looks. Doesn't have separate arm angles. <clears throat> uh, Joe, you had to be pretty excited about. Uh, about the rookie of the year awards. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I was. I was very happy for Michael, Mr. Harris. MH dub. Yeah. He's been a he was a spark plug for the Braves. Talk about a guy who changed the outlook of the season. He's kind of like the Rob Thompson of position <laughs> players, as I would say. Kinda. Because before he came to the Braves, they sucked. And then when he got there, they were electric. Was it all because of him? I don't know. His defense was great. His hitting is great. He was the youngest player in the league, 21, 22. And he's the rookie of the year. And the only thing is better sweet, sweet because I wanted Strider to get it as well. But they can't both win. No, they can't. They could have went the co-route. They did not. Could they? Is that allowed? I, don't I know. feel like it's allowed. I feel like it's yeah. I mean, look, it's baseball. It's a it's a world where you can just make up your own rules as you go. I have, yeah. They could have absolutely done that for sure. I feel like the owners wouldn't allow that because it's like now that's now it's two people. That's we like pay. two. Yeah, exactly. That's that's two guys now with the same accolade that we would have to pay more because they want it. Yeah, it's cool. Like the fan voting and st- well, there's no fan voting for shit like that. But like the all-star game, I've always thought that like that's where the owners are like, hey, you know, look, look, it's not going to be a ton of money and it's just a drop in the bucket for us. Let's let the fans have this one. They can kind of dictate who's going to get, you know, a nice little bonus. That's fine. But when it comes to the, the serious shit that's really going into arbitration and weighed heavily, like where bonuses are a part of you winning the rookie of the year, bonuses are part of you finishing in the top five, top 10 of sigh or mvp votes well now we can't just be leaving that up to the fucking fans who are going to stuff the boxes can't do that yeah yeah hell yeah so is it safe to say that michael harris the second is solely responsible for the brave success this year in a year where individual performances clearly either make or break a team's success based on everything we've heard from fans (laughs) yeah he's yeah he won the division single-handedly but I would know. But I would say that where the big thing was with him coming up was that our our defense was a huge factor because before him we had Ozuna out there, we had mm-hmm. o- Duval playing center field. It was rough. 
Eddie Rosario was blind in right field, <laughs> literally couldn't see. Literally blind. And uh, so it was really rough. And then he changed everything because he stabilized everything, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I still remember we were in Atlanta early and still remember. Like, uh, I, I forget who hit the ball. I think it might have been might have been Loriano hit a ball to right center, and like Michael Harris legitimately ran the ball down. Like the ball should not have been caught. It should have been a double in the gap, and he just was faster than the fucking baseball. Took the right angle, and and I just remember like there's no way he just caught that. He's not supposed to get there. How the fuck did he just do that? Aaron Judge wouldn't have caught it. He wouldn't have had to dive. He would have took four steps. Shohei would have caught Shohei it. Would have caught it. <clears throat> Shohei would have caught it from the fucking mound yeah, as the starting point. He stuck his hand up. Or Shohei probably wouldn't have allowed him to hit it you know, because he's punching folks out. Good point, especially if he's pitching against the A's. Well, I don't know why that was even a part of the conversation. Because he almost threw a no-hitter against y'all. Perfect game. <laughs> that is true. But he did That is true. That was one of my favorite nights of the, of the season was <laughs> Dallas potentially having to be on the call for a Shohei Otani no-hitter, but against the A's. <laughs> uh, the, that's why the baseball gods, if they could have one back, it was that game. Like having, like what would, uh, what would your tone have been? Like you probably still would have fucking been like super pumped. You had, you would have had to be right. Yeah. You get excited, but like, I feel look, I, um, I just, I still feel like if that's not our team, I just, I'm going to have a tough time Liar. celebrating it in that moment. Like it's great because, but, but not out loud. I'm wearing an ace hat in that moment, <laughs> even though I technically shouldn't be, I'm a broadcaster. I get it. I'm a home broadcaster. So there's some, there's some wiggle room there for my home bias, but ultimately I've talked about it. My responsibility is to, to share the game, you know, unbiasedly as much as possible. So I, I would have had a really uh-huh. tough time like lathering up Shohei Otani after watching my boys just get fucking dealt. Like, yeah. That's tough. That is tough. Stop lying, dude. You would have loved that shit. No, no it, because then I gotta get on the airplane, right? And I'm sure there's gonna be a clip or whatever, and uh. it's me. What going nuts over Otani throwing a fucking no hitter against our team, and then I walk into the back of the plane, and somebody's watching the video of me. This guy was unfucking touchable. This guy, oh. like, and then I'm just looking at the lineup, like, hey guys, what's up? <laughs> but I feel like you also, of all broadcasters in baseball, you have a much different relationship with the active guys than most other broadcasters do like there's definitely former player broadcasters but not some that are as young as you and like close and uh, i guess still speaking the same language as active players today and they know that if given the opportunity that you would put barbecue sauce all over shohei's toes and suck those things dry so that like they would get it like if it was anyone else they would be like what the fuck but if it was shohei first of all they'd be like yeah that dude's nasty second of all we know like, look at you. Look at you right now. Look at what you're wearing. You think that they would be surprised if, if you fucking, <laughs> if you of all people were just going to town on that broadcast? Uh, it's just a hat, Jerry. Anyways. It's just a hat. You're right, 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 right. 
breaking news. The Braves just signed Tyler Matzik to a two-year deal. Whoa. Whoa. Old deal, bro. How much was it for? Uh, let's find out. To what a two-year contract worth $3.1 million. That includes a $5.5 million club option for 2025 with no buyout. Yeah. Matzik agreed to donate 1% of his salary per season to the Atlanta Braves Foundation. And that's the important part. Wow, what a guy. 1%. Hmm? 1%. Yeah, it's a it's lot of money, deal. dude. It's, what it, it's a lot what of money, dude. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it's not. It's very generous. Tyler Matzik. What has he so been on the podcast? He has, right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Dallas? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes, he has. Um. Okay. We did... Oh, fucking obviously, <clears throat> J-Rod, Julio Rodriguez, the American League Rookie of the Year. Mr. Pena wasn't a finalist. Is, did I see that right? Yeah, was not. I don't. Yeah, I don't think he was a finalist. That that fucking missing that much time really cost him a top three finish. That was fucking bonkers. Well, a lot of that. Think about where your opinion is coming from, though. The most recent example you have of Mr. Pena no, is kicking no, ass in the World no, Series and in the ALCS. That's not true. That's not true. Like through like well, no, through like June, it was a, it was a race. It was a race. Dallas Adley Rushman, obviously, once Adley Rushman got called up, um, that's when the Orioles really took off. So I mean, he Adley Rushman had an impact at the snap of of a finger and maintained it the entire time they got called up. So I'm not saying like Adley Rushman, I believe, got MVP votes. Yes, he did. Uh, what, what yeah, I'm saying so, is your recency, so makes your recency bias. Uh, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that you weren't aware of what Mr. Pena was doing in June. What I'm saying is the reason you feel so strongly yeah. about it right now is benefit of hindsight and him having won. No, I'm telling you right MVP now, it's not. It's not because of the playoffs. It's it's because they were one and two, and at times statistically, Pena was one. Like halfway through the season. That's why I'm like, wait, so he didn't even finish top three. But then you like look at fucking Stephen Kwan. You look at Adley Rushman. It's like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like that, those guys had a more complete body of work, whereas Mr. Pena had had some incompletes on his assignments throughout the year. That's okay. That's and, okay because at the end and, of the at the end of the year, would you rather have some incomplete assignments during the regular season and be the last man standing in the World Series? Yeah, of course. If and, he passed the final, who gives a fuck? You know, all of these get degrees. Ace the final, actually, which would say passed mm. a plus one hundred percent. Yeah, and, and and what J Rod look, what J Rod was doing and what he meant to that team. I think you could maybe say or argue a little more for him than Mister Pena, who was surrounded by some other guys that could shoulder the production load. J Rod, like we're looking at you, bud. Got to have you, and also. Anytime a guy signs a deal like that, I think that also kind of can help uh, the juices flow in his direction, right? It's going to be yeah. one of the more complex. That feels so good. If not already the most complex baseball contract extension. So you got that going for you in people's minds as well. Like, you know, 300 plus million dollar potential. Like they just signed that deal. He's doing what he's doing. It's the J-Rod show. <laughs> That that for me. Became, Would you rather like, have I, I, I have think, it happen in that the order that it happened, or vice versa? Would you rather 
get the contract and then win the rookie of the year? Or would you rather win the rookie of the year and then get the contract? Um, well, just like knee jerk reaction doesn't matter <laughs> when you're J Rod because no, no, sure, it doesn't matter. But I'm saying from like a from like a re- like mentally feeling rewarded standpoint. Uh, then the compensation is what does it for me. It's not a man-made accolade that has a lot of bias built into it. And if we're being honest, if I win that award, it was really just me against a small group of people. But when you're breaking me off like that and bred me up, there's a lot more that's being evaluated there. So the end game in this world, in this life, is to be in a spot where you can take care of your loved ones, right? Take care of your tribe. So the Rookie of the Year award, that trophy doesn't feed anybody. Exactly. That's that why trophy, it'd be better, it would be better to sign a contract first because then you can have a good party and afford the best decorations and activities for the award. I mean, and who's to say, like, I don't know what the contract looks like, uh, but was there a rookie of the year bonus already negotiated into that contract before the award is, is handed out? So if we got pinned to paper when this thing goes down and me winning the rookie of the year is a part of that negotiation, great. But we're talking about $300 plus million and benchmarks getting hit. So I, I'd like to believe that the chunk of change that he's going to get for that is a drop in the bucket comparatively speaking to what he's going to receive just based on compensation right if i'm there, a, it's if I'm a so rookie, fucking it there's so much in this contract that oh it's like, it's insane it's insane if i'm a rookie who doesn't have that deal then winning the award means something to me because now maybe that factors into compensation I, i'd want that to be going into arbitration but if i'm under team control for the next six years here Winning it year one, like I'm going to get a slight upgrade year two, not much. So just looking at this right now, a lot, I don't see anything about rookie of the year. I see a lot of uh, all-star finishes, uh, gold glove, MVP, silver slugger, uh, ALCS, World Series MVP stuff. There's no, Mm -hmm. there's no no rookie rookie of the year stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that, that, that isn't be- isn't necessarily bonus stuff. It's uh it would increase the value of like his option years. Right. So it's like, yeah, um <clears throat> for example. Uh but you want to yeah, know who like, doesn't oh give God. a shit it's, about that? It's- like Mr. Pena don't give a shit about the rookie of the year. He don't care. Oh no. No. That guy's but, yeah. ALCS MVP the, World the, Series MVP World Series champ. Yeah, like what? Like what? What? Oh, you want me to? Do you want me to be disappointed about not getting the rookie of the year? Well, let me cry into both of my hands. I've got a ring on each one of them, and I've got a couple of MVP awards. Like, and he got a new here. grill from Johnny Dang. Boom. So call him George Foreman because he's selling everybody grills. Damn. Damn, dude. Um, Shout out, Paul Wall. Yeah, so congrats to Julio Rodriguez. Not a huge surprise. 
Not a huge surprise. He knows a thing or two about greatness, and so does Tom Brady. I don't know if you knew this, Dallas. You want to talk in-depth football? I did know. Straight from the future Hall of Famers, Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald. Let's go. Every Monday on Let's Go, a serious XM podcast with Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald, and Emmy Award-winning journalist Jim Gray. Hear championship perspective on the trending topics on and off the football field. Get expert analysis on the latest NFL action. Find out what it takes to win seven Super Bowl rings. It's five-time Super Bowl MVP Tom Brady and 11-time Pro Bowler Larry Fitzgerald at the microphone and unfiltered. If it's on their minds, it's on Let's Go. Plus, all season long on Let's Go. Hear the best guests in the podcast world from Oprah and Snoop Dogg to today's NFL stars. Listen to Let's Go with Tom Brady, Larry Fitzgerald, and Jim Gray every Monday night through the 2022-23 football season on Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, Cy Young Award. These ones were no-brainers. Justin Verlander, Sandy Alcantara. Some no-brainers. I think for me, the the most interesting conversation to come out of Justin Verlander winning the Cy Young Award isn't so much um, that he won it. It isn't so much that it was in a World Series winning season for him. I think for me, it's how many should he really have? Like objectively speaking, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up right now because there is at least two seasons that he didn't win that he absolutely Could he have should five? have. Should have five. He's got three. He's got three, which is already a very uh, exclusive club to be in. Um, he, he should be knocking then, on the door of of Roger. Roger's got seven. Mm-hmm. Whoa, whoa, whoa! And Verlander. So should 20, be 2012, on the door. 2012, Justin Verlander probably should have won. Uh, there was 2016, which was fucking brutal. Clean he should have up. won in 2016. Who Dude, won in 2016? I'm, I'm dealing with fucking rinky-dink equipment, uh, Rick Porcello. And he wow. won because he got the most second-place votes. So, Rick Porcello... It's, like it's almost like a, a team won an individual the award. No, that's a dumb... I don't know what reach you're going for no. here. He won because he won 20 no. games and people still can't about games. that. Yeah. No, Rick Porcello, the Red Rick Porcello won the Cy Young because he, he, he had... No, no, he, no, 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 no. Yes. No, 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 no. Yes. Was, no, Rick yeah, Porcello, no, Rick Porcello had a Cy Young worthy season in 2016. Who had a better season? Had he, a better season? Justin Verlander. Okay. So I'm telling you, but you're you're trying to say it's because of run support. No, like you take that out of there. Rick Porcello still has a Cy Young worthy season that year. It's just not. Right, but you just highlighted uh, a statistic that coincides with run support, which is wins. You said 20. Mm, Joe yes and you no. said 22. What no, do you mean yes and no? If we don't no. score runs, we don't win the fucking game. No shit, but that's so the same for every five, fucking pitcher. If I give up five, but we score six and I pitch and I get the decision, no. it's a game like that that I benefit no. from because of my he had a Cy Young. It's not like he had a fucking four and a half and won no, 22 games. Like He had a he Cy had a Young worthy season. Didn't he have a, didn't he have a three? Three, two, something like that? Uh, it was like low three. Three, one, five. Three, one, five? And what three, was one, five. 
3.04. Yeah, it wasn't. Like Verlander, Verlander but look at the it. wins above replacement. He had three more wins above replacement than Porcello and lost. Yeah, that was so. Twenty sixteen was the year that uh, we officially started like making fun of Kate Upton for being a national baseball journalist because she was tweeting out after after Rick Porcello won. This was the year that she started tweeting out all these like graphs and charts and like different <laughs> statistics, and you just knew like like you, you know Kate Upton's not breaking down Sierra. Like, come on, like we, she's like, well, <laughs> it was it was a whole fucking Twitter meltdown over this, and I was like, I agree with you, I do. But don't don't fucking bring Sierra to the table right now. Like we we just we got enough going on uh, to be able to know. Yeah. So yeah, I would say objectively, Verlander should have five. And is that knocking on the door of Clemens? I, I don't know. I mean, being two away is still like some people win two. Period, and and that's a Hall of Fame fucking career. So even if even if you give him the two that he should have won. Then, I mean, Clemens, you're still going to give Clemens the, the fucking seven. That's distance. Yes. But that's why I said knocking on the door, because at 39 years old with a brand new ligament, this is what this fucker's doing. Mm. So, like, uh, do you got Justin Verla? It's, it's, and it's weird because he said it. He's been vocal. Maybe I got three, three so good ones left in me. There are so good years left in me. Now, when you say that as a 39-year-old, two-time Tommy John survivor and current Cy Young, I, I have a hard time looking at you and telling you, yeah, but you know what? Next year, you're going to be fucking terrible. Shit is going to go so far south, you're not even going to be in the conversation. H- how do you look at a Cy Young caliber arm and the body of work that we just saw put forth and count him out of this conversation next year so that's where knocking on the door came from knowing that there probably is two more maybe three more that he could have had that would have him right there in that conversation with roughly three or so years give or take according to him left to tie possibly pass I said it, greatest right-handed pitcher of our of my generation. You can throw Max Scherzer in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think the I think the seesaw sways to the side of JV. Mm. I'd have to take a deeper dive. I'd have to take a deeper dive on that. But Max Scherzer also has three Cy Young awards. Mm-hmm. So. It's a conversation worth having. It's a great conversation. They both have one World Series title. Mm-hmm. Astros fans being like, did you really in your hand too? No, he has one. <laughs> one and a half? He has one. Just one. And uh, he didn't even contribute at all in a positive way to the first one. So well, if you really want to go there, he has one. Uh, Sandy Alcantara. I feel like we kind of just like glazed over that. I mean, you know, great fucking season from him. Innings monster. Uh, I'm happy that someone in a market that no one really pays attention to was able to get the recognition. It wasn't like 
<laughs> he oh. was glossed over. Look, look what it the took innings. for him to get that recognition, though. 228 and two-thirds innings. Uh, a 228 ERA. He faced the most batters in the league. He had a sub one whip and a strikeouts per nine of 8.1, which isn't fucking, that's not blowing your dick off. But yeah, 207 strikeouts and 228.2 innings. It's just in a day and age where the bullpen plays the role it does in trying to secure victories, when you have an arm that you can roll, the dude closed the door six different times. Six CGs. Six himself. That's a big deal. Mm. My favorite part about it is that they is the trade, how they how the Marlins got him. They traded Marcelo Zuna. Oh yeah. And they got Alcantara and Zach Gallon. Pretty good. Pretty good. Who's no longer there, but very much. Apparently not on the market either, Zach Allen. And why would he be? <clears throat> yeah, that's that's what Front they're saying. Arm. Frontline arm. I feel like you'd be an idiot to not at least take a phone call. Yeah, I mean, you take a phone call. That's what you. I mean, every GM will tell you that's why you have a phone, right? Is to take the phone call. From there, mm-hmm. how serious is the conversation? Like, are, oh, how full is your wheelbarrow? Before you make that phone call, like, are are you calling me with an empty wheelbarrow and no idea of what you should be putting in it to send my way? Do you have something in that wheelbarrow? What does it look like? How serious are you? That's where that conversation goes. And that's where that conversation ends very quickly. If the contents of that wheelbarrow do not match up with what the team needs. Uh, all right. That's the award season. Congratulations to all the award winners. Um, today's going to be an interesting day if you're a Dodger fan. Because the Los Angeles Dodgers, I believe the deadline is 8 p.m. Eastern tonight to, to either trade or non-tender Cody Bellinger, who is what, 28? Is he? He's yeah, twenty eight years old. Around there, mm-hmm. he's twenty seven. He'll be twenty eight in July. Um, but it was only what 2019? 2019, This man won the National League Most Valuable Player Award, and ever since the then, the last two years before that, Rookie of the Year, MVP in twenty nineteen. The last three seasons has hit two oh three. With a 648 OPS. Uh, He is owed $18 million. If the Dodgers are to tender him a contract, I think what the, based on like what Andrew Friedman was kind of saying, it sounds like, like he was talking about Bellinger as if he was still a part of the Dodgers future. So I I guess there could be a scenario where they non-tender him, but bring him back on a deal that's far less than $18 million. If you're Cody Bellinger, I don't know unless you're super comfortable there, which he could be. I don't know. Uh, we've we've had him on the podcast multiple times, and and I point blank asked him the question about is it easier to play? <clears throat> like obviously the expectations are super high on the Dodgers, super high payroll, 
you know, win the division every single year in the playoffs every single year. That must be a lot of pressure. But I kind of angled it as, you know, when you look around and you've got Mookie Betts over here and you've got Albert Pujols over there and you've got all these great players playing for your team, it kind of takes some of the pressure off of you to be the guy. And he said, yeah, you know, it, it, it kind of lightens the load, I guess. Uh, maybe it lightened the load a little bit too much. Maybe he wants to go somewhere where it's it's not, you know, playing in, in the fucking postseason, you know, these deep playoff runs every single year. I don't know. I don't I haven't I have not talked to Cody Bellinger in uh, almost a year since last February. It's probably the last time I saw him. But I think <clears throat> it's going to be an interesting situation because he has a decision to make. If the Dodgers or when the Dodgers non-tender him, it would make the most sense if they did not do that. Uh, do they try and bring him back on a one-year deal for whatever, 10 million bucks, whatever it is, 8 million? Uh, I know the Cubs, I've seen the Cubs are pretty interested in prioritizing Cody Bellinger to be their center fielder next year. Is that a team that comes in? It's like makes the price right. It does. It is a change of scenery what Cody needs to to get back to the MVP form that he he's not he's not an old guy he's twenty seven he's twenty seven no, years old there's, yeah uh, it's there's room it's got to be in there somewhere absolutely well that's that right there is the question and when you talk about comfort ooh, do we have the guys in the building remember what the Dodgers did right you got some guys that are comfortable with with some hitting instructors. You got some personal hitting instructors that are being utilized and tapped into what the Dodgers do. We'll, we'll just fucking hire those guys. How's that sound? We'll bring them in. They'll be a part of what we got going on now. Everybody happy? Let's move forward. So I think you find yourself having the conversation about your comfort level with where you're at and your desire to get back to the player you are that you know you can be. Do those two things line up? and? One thing we understand about this life, not just baseball, but this life, if you can get comfortable being uncomfortable, or if you can just get comfortable with the idea that there's going to be uncomfortable spots that you're going to find yourself in that will eventually lead you to a pasture of comfort, are you willing to go through that? I don't want to call that work you have to put in or hoops you have to jump through, but are you willing to check those boxes? Is that a process that you're comfortable with being uncomfortable in? A change of scenery, new staff, whole new brain trust, right? Because they've got their gadgets and gizmos and their graphs and their lab, and it's set up a certain way to achieve certain things. Are we all on the same page here? Can we be on the same page moving forward? That, that I think, is part of the vetting process when teams call Cody Bellinger. Those are the questions that I would be having if I was Cody Bellinger and my last three years look like they do statistically, and I know what the first three years look like and what I'm capable of, I think I'm going to be really interested in finding a group of people that have the trust and faith in me to put the work in that I know is necessary to get me back to that place. And if that's not in LA, then it's not in LA. And I've got to make peace with that. If I'm interested in being a better version of who I've been these last few seasons. But if I'm okay with how things have gone, 
I'm okay with fitting in into the shadows and it's all good that I just kind of ride the coattails. Well, then maybe you're not so quick to want to make that change. But I got to believe that the competitor in you tells you, like, I want to, I want to fucking win. I want to be a part of winning and I'll do whatever I need to do to get back to who I am so that I can play a role that I know I can play. Joseph, where do you think is a good fit for Cody Bellinger? Hmm. L.A. Man, you think he's going to stay? The Dodgers. I mean, if what's a good fit for him personally? I don't fucking know. Like he won the MVP there. Why can't? What, I don't see how. I don't see how you can say like, oh, like it's he just can't play in L.A. He already did well in L.A. I wouldn't blame that on him being the Dodgers. I guess a change of scenery would be nice. He has struggled the past few years. Probably not mentally a great feeling to just completely feel like you can't be as good as you used to be. But maybe I could see him going to the Angels. I mean, the Angels seem like a team that would get Cody Bellinger. What about the Rockies? Um, he does for some reason. I do kind of conflate Cody Bellinger with the Cubs team. Like I feel like him, and now they have Chris Bryant. I feel like him and Chris Bryant are like would get along really well. Mm. I was trying to think of the because uh, you, you had the Brizzo. What would Bryant and Belly be in Colorado together? Ah. I mean, what are you doing there in Colorado? Are you banking on him just absolutely crushing at home? <laughs> He's banking on him smoking weed, bro. Getting <laughs> yeah, high dude, as fuck. I see what you're trying to say. Mm. Yeah, bro. Yeah, Co- I mean, it, that, that's it's going to be an interesting decision for the Dodgers to have to make, but I think it really is going to boil down to what Cody Bellinger is willing to accept. Well, so don't you think a team... Do you think there is a team out there that would pay him eighteen million? I feel like the the like range of not. money, no. That, but okay, maybe eighteen million. But the range of money like people would offer Cody Bellinger is probably very wide. Like some teams yeah. might pay him shit, and some teams might be like, "Well, we you know." I could see. Fast. Yeah, I could see like a. I could see like a six and a half, seven to fourteen. Yeah. Like based on role, based on what we're going to expect out of you. Look, if if you're getting that seven and a half, eight, Johnny then yeah, I don't want to call it a fourth outfielder, but you're on the cusp of being the fourth outfielder wherever you're going to land. If you're getting a little more than that, well, then you're probably going to be, you know, those at-bats just went from 350 to 500. Yeah. And now that I'm thinking about it, I mean, you'd like to see him in a place where he could play every day Mm because I think even with the seasons he's been having, like he can be a starter on a lot of teams. And then the upside is so high potential upside but it seems like a guy like there's i mean i no one would really i guess some people would but i wouldn't be surprised if he has at least one more season where he's like top you know like a fucking elite player what about get mvp votes again what about the seattle mariners they've been waiting on Mm. Mm. maybe I don't know. He needs like a, I feel like he needs like a find himself season. Like he needs, he needs to go to a team that's even if, even if he's struggling, 
he knows that he's not in danger of losing his starting spot because, hey, the team expectations are high and like we've got to fucking win ball games. Well, so a team that I thought about early, but I feel like they're kind of the positioned where they're like, no, the Orioles. But they, they have expectations now because of this year. That's that's. Like right, the, that's what the I'm D-backs, saying. They're right, he, they're, they're right he lives, there. He lives in Arizona. He could go to the fucking D-backs. He could be home and play on a team that no one gives a fuck about and find himself again. Yeah. Cody Sleep Bellinger would be great bed. on a, a, nice fu- a nice, fun, surprising team. And then he, he adds to the fun factor. Yeah. He's a fun player. I can see that. He's a fun guy. He's a fun player. He's a rootable guy Ooh. and a guy everyone lo- wants to love, man. Everyone does me personally. I can't speak for others, but Mm -hmm. like, it's belly, bro. It's belly, bro. I would love to see him get back to 2019 belly or just anything close to that would be sick. I hate to see him. It's it's such a sweet swing when he, when he connects and the ball just disappears in his swing path. Because it feels like the, I mean, like the home run in game seven. Just it's all the way through. Like you don't see the ball. You see the ball come out of the hand of the pitcher, and then you see Belly start his swing, and then you see some fucking schmuck out in right field tackling somebody to get to the ball. Like that's the next time you see the baseball. When he's going well, balls just disappear. Yeah, and he's and he's not a he's not a really a big guy. No, Pax. well, I mean it's it's leverage. It's you know yeah. he, he does a great job of of using his long levers. And creating leverage, it is. It's a it's a sweet swing. There there's some there's some clicks to it. There's he has some, some he has checkpoints. A, he I'll say this. He has a polarizing swing. Oh yes. A lot of people look at that mm. and say, "Oh, no wonder he sucks." I look at that. I think it's uh, obviously I'm not a hitting expert. Well, I kind of am, but I pretend like I'm not because people don't believe me. But I know a lot, and I think it's dope. And I agree with you. When he's not going well, though, it reminds me of a Josh Hamilton not going well, like almost hmm. flailing. Yeah, there's not much. There's not much. Um, especially, especially on shit that's like low and away. Yeah, there's yeah, not. Like, he's got an ugly swing and miss low and away. Yeah, and it's because Hamilton. I mean, Hamilton was swing like he's swinging at the first pitch from the on deck circle. He's telling you, hey, well, fucking just if you let the ball go the first time, I'm going to swing. You can throw it to your fucking shortstop. I'm going to swing. And then from there, it's just about like not not letting this fucker run into one. And when he's going good, like you feel like there's just not a pitch that you can throw or a spot that you can you can get to where he's not going to meet you there. And when they're not going good, it like I said, it feels like you could tell him, hey, well, slider. Just a little depth here. See what you got. And he's got nothing for you. All right. Best of luck to Cody Bellinger. Wherever he ends up, we'll be following along. Um, Going to do a nice little holiday pod next week. Oh, Probably a nice little yeah. Wednesday piece. Because we have a... That's right. Because Thanksgiving's on a Thursday, right? Thanksgiving's year, on yeah. Thursday. They never do it on Thursday usually, but yeah. So then we'll have that going for uh, all the people that want to <clears throat> pop on some baseballs dead for their Thanksgiving commute oh. on Thursday. Jared, uh, just just because you downplayed uh, my 
breaking news uh, in the Billy Bean announcement. Uh, I want to uh-huh. let you know that there's a network dedicated strictly to Major League Baseball news. Mm-hmm. And they had that as breaking news. Breaking news. That's because literally nothing else is going on. Just let me know. Thank you. Appreciate that. Anything else? Anything else going on in baseball? Huh? Anything else going on? Pete Rose is writing letters mm. to, to Uncle Manfred. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Speaking it's of gambling. Got some other stuff going on. Yes. Yes, El Puig's in jail. He's going to be doing some hard He's time. He's not in jail, is he? They said what? Is it like a five-year jail sentence? No, come on, buddy. Look, he's going to do jail time. No, no, no. No, he's, no, not. he's not. Absolutely not. The only, he well, mi- yeah. He no, misspoke. He's not he doing misspoke. Jail he misremembered. Yeah. Puig is not doing jail time. I would also... I would also say if Puig is not doing jail time, there's a good chance that Puig would be going on a vacation. Because if you're not doing jail time based around, based on stuff like this, it's maybe because you have answers that people need. What? And typically when you give those answers, there's people who have an issue with that. What, I don't what know what you mean by that. that. You think yeah, he's, you in, he's threatened? He's his. Is is life's in danger? Well, we can start with the cloud that surrounds him just on his plight to come over. Yeah. Leave Cuba, show up here. That was years ago. That stuff's not taken care of. You don't think so? so? You got... Mm. Well, I will say this, and I don't know, I think this is referring to, like, when he came to the US and he had to pay smugglers to get him in from Cuba. He owed uh-huh. like those these smugglers in Mexico like a fuck uh-huh. ton of money. Uh-huh. And then they were like, you never paid the money. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of them, I think, ended up dying or getting arrested. But he owed them like a lot of money. It was like bad. They were like threatening him and the Dodgers had to get him security on the road and shit like bad. But he ended up playing in Mexico last year. Uh-huh. So I think that might have gotten taken care of. Well, those are that's why I said a cloud because sometimes mm-hmm. that cloud has rain, Joe, and sometimes that cloud is just cloud cover. But you never know because when it decides to start to rain, you 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 can't stop it. <laughs> now he's got a new fucking cloud. Yeah, just not not great. Not great, but I thought it was interesting that that happened and not the same time, but, and now you got Pete Rose writing letters to uncle Manfred. What I found interesting about that was that Rob Manfred said, look, I'm on the board for the hall of fame. And I don't know that I can say much more about this because of that, but I'll say this and I'm paraphrasing for Rob Manfred here, but he said, like, I I feel like that's been something that has, that has got to be on the plate of the hall of fame. And not necessarily Major League Baseball, because those two things are separate. While he might not be invited to the birthday party for Major League Baseball, he could be invited to the birthday party of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Unfortunately for Pete Rose, 
so now it's not even a gambling question. Now there's more shit. Yes. Him and a, yes. uh, underage girl. Yep. These accusations. And that is really, I think, the bigger issue. And 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 what I'm about to say right now, just please understand the context of what I'm saying here. I agree with you 100%, Joey, that those are things that are going to be hangups, justifiably, rightfully so. Would Pete Rose be the worst person in the Hall of Fame if that was a part of his history? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. So I, I've always said, do you want to go back and clean out the skeletons in the closet? I don't think anybody wants to do that. Is it understandable that you would try to prevent new skeletons from joining the closet? Totally get that. So you could just, that's why it's a a sticky spot. That's why it's a tough spot to be in. Do you let somebody in like this and look past the transgressions? Or do we hold that character clause as the almighty and sorry, Pete, you can write all the letters you want, but it's just never going to change. Yeah, at this point, it's looking bad. But I don't. Do they have? They have Pete Rose stuff in the Hall of Fame, though, right? Like bases and bats. They do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like, like again, what, what you the Hall of Fame is a lifestyle. Like to be a Hall of Famer, like like you could be the worst Hall of Famer ever. Opportunities are coming your way. You're a Hall of Famer. That's a brand. You're a part of that brand, right? Every dinner that they have, you're invited to. You go or you don't go, but that's a part of what you do now. And that matters because there's compensation that's attached to that. And if you've broken a law or broken a rule that they feel so strongly about, I mean, that's what they're holding on to. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I mean, I'd be interesting to see that, like what the, in terms of money, I feel like it could make an argument, I don't know, that he makes more money and makes more opportunities being known as the guy not in the hall. You you might think that, but that, I don't know if that crowd is as large as the crowd that would be welcoming the Hall of Famers, right? Because, I don't know, like he does signings, he does all that stuff, sure. But that brand becomes significantly more valuable if he's a Hall of Famer recognized by the entity as opposed to being outcast by the entity because there's value in both. Yeah. But like specifically, what would you get as a Hall of Famer? Well, like I said, now you're going now you're going to the dinners and Uh now there's sponsorship opportunities available to you because you're a gold jacket member, baby. Like this is I can. Hall of Famer Pete Rose endorses this. That's 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 how it goes. You golfer Pete, see in Tahoe, see at the pro am. Like what you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Television opportunities. Yeah, the the the, the opportunities are boundless. <laughs> you know, Pete Rose has a betting podcast that you can get his picks. Yeah, what's it called? Uh <laughs> I forget, but oh. it's like it's you got to pay for it. It's a fucking behind a paywall. Sure, sure. absolutely. <laughs> That's like most podcasts. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the dude, like, see, so that's part. Of, so what he has to do is he's monetized the outcast portion of his brand, right? Mm-hmm. You want to hear the picks from the guy who got <laughs> banned from baseball because he was picking? Well, you gonna have to pay for those picks, folks. Yeah, those are good, like, I'm good not just picks. handing those out. <laughs> you know, that's the fucked up thing. If if Pete Rose was losing these bets, they would have never cracked down. They try to go after you if you're winning. That guy was unbeatable. He has the yeah, it's like he the has guy, the edge. Like, yeah, the guy that goes fucking two and twelve in your fantasy league every year. Like he gets invited back every year, and we yeah. all know why he gets invited back. <sighs> Except for Pete's going twelve and two. And they're like, yeah, well, not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> we know why, Pete. We know why. Fuck, man. Pete Rose. Hang dude. with him, Pedro. <sighs> Someday. Fuck Pete Rose. Fuck Pete Rose. I'm out on Pete what? Rose. Wait. Yeah, I'm out on Pete Rose. Well. I'm not a Pete Rose. That's, your, that's your right. That's your right, man. He's the hit king. You can't take that away from him. He's the hit king. I feel like that also like didn't land when you when you when you write an apology letter to the commissioner of baseball and you refer to yourself in third person as the hit king. I don't know. I don't know that that lands the way that you want it to. I don't know that it shows humility. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't. That's <laughs> what, what that is. Is that's the last ditch effort, the last frustration. Like, look, I got nothing else, man. But at the end of this whole thing, if you want to be the guy that keeps the fucking hit king out of the Hall of Fame, then you're the asshole. Mm-hmm. Oh, did the, that not work? Shit. The, <laughs> the funny thing is, and I believe this is what I think is true, is that like the reason why he's banned from baseball is because like he kind of agreed to that. It was like a plea deal. Like he fucked up and like signed this deal that was gonna like put him on the what is the actual technically l- the list that he's on. The uh yeah, not I was gonna say the physically unable to perform list. That's football, the pup list. Uh yeah, I I don't know the name of it. They put you on the ban list. It's not called that. Yes, restricted or Yeah, and that was like part of his like the it was like a plea that he like agreed to be put on it because he thought they were gonna take him off off it like in a year, and they just never did. But they couldn't only reason they put him on is because he agreed to it and he just totally fumbled that decision. And he's been banned ever since. Hell yeah. All right. Is that it? I think so. All right. Uh, enjoy. What day is it? Enjoy your weekend. And uh, we'll be back next week with a special Thanksgiving edition of Baseball is Dead where Dallas and Joseph are going to tell you all the things that they're thankful for me about. Um, That'll be the first 20 minutes of the show and then we will get into the baseball news from the past few days. Uh, Enjoy your weekend. Dallas. Joseph, come prepared. We'll see you then. We out.